You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Welcome back to the New Day of Hope broadcast. It's always a joy to come into your homes each and every week. And we trust you're doing well and you are ready for the word today. And we know that your heart will be blessed and you will be inspired to go out and share the good news with others. And if you are being blessed by this broadcast, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. That's newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 404-964-2242. We would love to hear from you. Let us know how your life has been impacted by this ministry. And you know, my friends, this would be a very good time for you to call a neighbor or call a friend and let them know that the New Day of Hope broadcast is on the air and that they should tune in and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. God is so good to all of us and that we should continue to walk in His ways and in His footsteps. Our scripture portion is coming from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34, and it begins... A woman in the crowd had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much sufferings at the hands of many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. She had heard reports about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe. For she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. Immediately, her flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body and knew without any doubt that she was healed of her suffering. Immediately, Jesus recognized in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in around you from all sides and you ask, Who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. And the woman, though she was afraid and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health, go in peace, and be permanently healed from your suffering. So today our study is the importance of saving faith. The importance of saving faith. You know, the human race is divided into two classes of people. Believers and unbelievers. God's people are believers. They are characterized by faith and they live by faith. You can find that in Romans 1 and verse 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture said, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith is the operative 
principle of the new life, which is the Christian life. There are many aspects of faith, as Hebrews 11 so wonderfully illustrates. But in this study, we shall confine ourselves to what is called saving faith, the faith which brings us into the experience and enjoyment of God's salvation. Praise the Lord. That's going to be important tonight, the importance of saving faith. So the question then is, what must I do to be saved? And you know that question is coming from the book of Acts chapter 16 and the 30th verse. Now this is the question of questions. I said it is the question of questions. And it asks, what is the human responsibility in the matter of salvation? At infinite cost, salvation has been provided for every sinner. First John 2 and verse 2 says, He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world. Because the Bible says in John 3.16, you know that, For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's only begotten son came down from heaven and procured salvation by dying for us upon the cross. There is a song that talks about Christ dying on the cross that means a lot to me when he says he died of a broken heart for me. And I tell you, man, Christ died upon the cross. It was for our sins. Isaiah 53 and verses 5 and 6 tells us, watch this. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Glory to our God. Now, in John chapter 1 and verse 29, the next day says that John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And I, I love that because I know in Christ we are justified by faith. We are made right with God through Christ himself. So the God the Father accepted his finished work and raised him up from the dead and exalted him to his right hand in heaven, according to Acts chapter 2, verses 32 to 43. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is the exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand and the Father. And as he has promised, 
gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. So glory be to our God. So we see here that salvation is now offered to all men. That's Isaiah 45 verse 22. He said, let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God and there is no other. Amen. He's the only one that can offer salvation to us. So on what terms? Acts 16 verse 31 gives us the answer. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with your household. Because salvation in all its limitless magnitude is secured. So far as human responsibility is concerned by believing on the Lord Jesus as Savior. That's the only way you can be saved. Because remember, we are talking about what must I do to be saved. And you got to believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. And that the Bible said that's the only way that you will be saved. So in the New Testament, there are at least 150 different passages which condition salvation on believing and faith. The one here is the exact synonym of the other. Example, John 3, 16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we are here to proclaim that through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins and my sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight. Something the law of Moses could never do. The only way, like I said before, that you and I can be saved is through Christ Jesus and by believing in him. Amen. Amen. So let's continue as we look at Romans uh, chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of this good news. You know, my friends, that the gospel is good news of salvation. It's good news that Jesus Christ died upon the cross. He was buried and resurrected. And it's good news that he seated at the right hand of, of the majesty on high, making intercession for you and for me. Good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Saving everyone who not just go to church. He's, he's the power of God at work. Saving everyone. Not just somebody who gives to the work of the ministry. No. It's the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. That whosoever believeth in him. And that scripture in, in John 3.16 was quoted earlier by me and my wife quoted that same one and here again we're getting guideline to that everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Greek now Romans 10 and verses 9 and 10 is a very popular verse of scripture a well-known one rather if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead <laughs> it says, you will be saved, not maybe. It is not might. It is a true fact. If you believe in him, 
that God raised Christ up from the dead, it says you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So it's very important for us to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We read earlier and you will be saved. Now Ephesians 2 and verse 8, it says, God saved you by his grace. When you believed and you can't take credit for this, it is the gift of God. You can't brag and say, well, hey, I got saved because I, I go to church every Sunday. I got saved because of this and because of that. It is by grace we are saved when we put our faith in our God and that is the only way because salvation is of the Lord. Now, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Oh yes, if you love God, you ought to love God's children also. Glory to our God. Amen. So what does it mean to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? It means to place my whole confidence and trust in him as my own personal savior. So this is a personal thing. I cannot believe for you. You got to believe for yourself. Your mother's faith cannot save you. Your father's faith, even though he might be a preacher or pastor, whatever he may be, his faith cannot save you. You have to accept him for your own self and you must place your whole confidence in and your trust. When you trust him, he will never fail you because he said his promises, they are yea and they are amen. So you can place your confidence and your trust in the one and only Savior. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you, you heard my wife just made it abundantly clear that your salvation is not based on your mother's or your father's salvation. And she said, even though your father is a preacher, a bishop, a pope, it doesn't matter what it is, you cannot depend upon his salvation for you to get into God's kingdom. You have to be saved. You have to be born again yourself. So faith in Christ as personal savior involves three steps. I said faith in Christ as personal savior involves three steps. The first step is to hear. That's the first step. Because faith comes by what? By hearing. That's what Romans 10, 17 says. That faith comes by hearing and hearing uh, the good news about Christ. That's how we get faith. And that's why, my friends, it is very important for us to always, always listen to the word of the Lord, whether it's on the radio, in church. When you go to church, you got to pay attention to what is being said about the word of the Lord. When you are at home and you can put your radio on a good gospel station and listen to the word of God, and the more you hear the word of God is the more your faith will increase. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Before I can believe the gospel or anyone can believe the gospel, we must hear it. 
because you can't believe on something that you've never heard. You must hear it. Before I can believe that Christ is able and willing to save me, I must hear that he is able and willing to do so. I must hear it. So, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Now, John 5, 24, John 5, 24 says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. I love that verse because it says that those who listen to the message of Christ, the message of hope, and believe in God who sent me, Jesus was saying, they have eternal life. And they will never, never be condemned for their sins, but they will have already passed from death unto life. I tell you, man, the word of God will remain true, will always be true, because God is a true and a living God. So the second step is to believe. We said that earlier, you got to believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. So having heard who he is and what he's able to do for me, I believe what I hear. That's how we believe stuff. When someone tells you something, whether it's true or not, you have a tendency to believe it about the person. So I believe about him that he died for me. Because Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And he took the punishment for us. We didn't have to go through it all because of his love for us. And he is able to save me. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Amen. So he's always making intercession for you and for me. Right now, he's seated at his father's right hand, making that intercession for us. And he also says that he wants to save us. He wants to save you and he wants to save me. Those who have never trusted him, he wants to save you right now. In John 5 and verse 40, it says, Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Notice that this intellectual ascent is not saving faith, though it is an essential step towards saving faith. So right now he wants to save you. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking at your heart's door. And you are the only one that can open the door and let him in. Because he loves you so much, he will not force himself upon you. He's waiting for that invitation where you can be a partaker with him. Amen. So we tell you in the three steps that one was to hear the word. The second one, which my wife just talked about, was is to believe the word, is to believe it. We have to believe the word, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us, and you will be saved. Now, the third step is to trust. I hear, I believe, but now I must trust. That is, I place confidence in him to do for me what I have heard, 
and what I believe he can do. I commit myself to him and trust him to save me. Glory be to our God. Amen. Trusting excludes all effort and relies wholly upon the one being trusted. Right. If I say I put my trust in God, I have to rely completely upon him. I have to take away all my effort, all my ideas and, and my concepts and just completely trust in him. Simply trusting every day. Trusting through a stormy way. Even when my faith is small, trust in Jesus. And that is all. That's what matters, my friends. So let's look at three incidents which illustrate saving faith. We look at Mark 5. 25 to 34 i just read that earlier and it says notice that the woman heard she heard about jesus in verse 27 and she came because she believed what she had heard you see she probably heard about all the miracles that jesus did and so she wanted to see for herself because she had a need and she touched which means she trusted him in verse 27 and 29 she came because she heard and she believed by touching just the hem of his garment because she was considered unclean. She had no business being there, but because of her faith and because she believed that Jesus can heal her after suffering for 12 long years, the doctors couldn't help her. So she decided, what do I have to lose? If I but touch the hem of his garment, I know. She didn't say, well, I think or maybe. She said, I know I will be healed. And she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible said immediately she was healed. Amen and amen. Now let's look at Acts chapter 8, verses 29. We probably won't get to read that. We notice that the eunuch heard about Christ. He believed on him. And he trusted him as his own savior. Man, this is great. I said that he heard about Christ and he believed on him and he trusted him as his own savior and Lord. What about you, my friends? Have you heard about Christ? Have you heard about him? If you have, have you trusted him then as savior of your life? In Acts 16, as the scripture we are dealing with, uh, verses 30 and 31. Notice that the jailer took three steps. He must have heard in order to ask in verse 30. Then he believed and his immediate confession by baptism and his changed life proved that he trusted Christ to save him. My friends, I just told you earlier that the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. And salvation is in Christ. It's only of the Lord that we can be saved. It's not through religion, not through good works, but only Christ can save us. Jesus is the one who paid it all for our sins. Glory be to our God. You know, my friends, we never bring our broadcast to a close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You have heard the word of God tonight. You have heard how you can be saved. It's not by just going to church, but it's by 
believing on Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's a simple step that we are asking you to do. We're not asking you to join religion. We're asking you to join Christ to be saved. Let your soul be saved. So if God forbid something were to happen to you tomorrow, that you know that you will make it into the kingdom of God. Would you trust him tonight? Father, we thank you and we praise you for your words. We ask that you speak to hearts tonight. Save those who are without you. Bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. That was indeed a powerful study. We trust you will join us again next week at this very same time. So if you are blessed, you can reach us at newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Once again, that's newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. So until then, let your heart go on singing. Until then, oh my friends, with joy you must carry on. Shalom. Peace to all of you. God bless you.